Jesus, the Prince of Peace, came to bring us the gift of peace. And if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, you already have that peace. But the question is, is have we, by faith, appropriated that peace and made it actionable in real time? Every day, you're bombarded by things that can rock your world, blasted with situations that attack your peace. So even though you may have peace with Jesus because of your relationship with him, it can be really hard to translate that into a peace that permeates your daily life. This is what Pastor Daniel calls the peace of God. Today, you'll be reminded that you can live in the assurance of who Jesus is and what he's done in the peace that he's offering. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in John chapter 14 as he begins his message called Peace. So I love the Christmas season. I don't know about you. Do you love the Christmas season? People are like, no, maybe. I I remember growing up and I would hear that it's the most wonderful time of the year. But I realized that So much of the Christmas season that we experience really have nothing to do with Jesus. It has to do with economics in America. We're all, you know, good old Madonna, you know, that great American theologian. We're living in a material world, and I am a material girl. (laughs) Eh, eh, you know. And, And so, so much of Christmas is about materialism. But what's amazing is, is our culture has grabbed hold of this idea that Christmas... The season begins right after Thanksgiving, and really all they did was they just took it out of the church calendar, the traditional church calendar, because the four Sundays leading up to Christmas is a season that we commonly call Advent, and you know, for many of us, unless you grew up in a more traditional styled church, I remember growing up, you know, we never really talked about Advent too much, although I grew up in a, in a more liturgical styled church, but you know, as I've gotten older, the idea that God invites us in different seasons of life to learn different things. And so this idea of Advent, the whole idea is that we're preparing ourselves for the arrival of Jesus. And part of that process in Advent is not only preparation, but it's also waiting. And if you think about the biblical story of the birth of Jesus you realize that the preparation time before Jesus' birth, the story focuses on Mary, really, and Joseph and Jesus' aunt and uncle, who are the, John the Baptist's parents. In a lot of ways, John the Baptist might be one of the most seminal figures in the Advent story because John's job was to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus as it relates to the work of ministry. And what's been really powerful for me is, as I've been really thinking about this, I'm reminded that John the Baptist's most famous phrase is that Jesus must, what, increase, and I must, what, 
decrease. And, and if you want like a, an idea for the, if you want to prepare your heart for the birthing of Jesus afresh, it's that which runs roughshod over Christmas is about me getting the things that I'm hoping to get from Santa under the Christmas tree. And, and so once again, you have Jesus and the world in which we live kind of running against one another. And as I've been thinking about this idea of Advent, obviously we're doing this series called The Promised King. And the idea for me is that Jesus, the promised king, brings gifts with him. And so this week I get to explore the idea of peace. Now I want to confess to you all, I've always said that confession is good for the soul, it's terrible for the reputation. But in a lot of ways when I was preparing this message, I actually didn't want to teach on peace. Because as I've moved through the last couple years, I've found myself really fighting to maintain it. In all that's going on and all that has gone on, when I look at a world that feels much different than it did earlier, when I look at our culture that is much more angry and sensitive and aggressive, when I look at my children and I imagine them being raised in the world as it exists now or how it continues to grow as I look at the economic realities. If you didn't look at your 401ks, don't. You know, it's been a kind of a rugged couple weeks. As I look at all that's going on over the last couple years, I've just realized that I've struggled to maintain peace. Now, I share that because the one thing that I do know is that I'm not alone. You know, and I, and I don't know if it's because we just studied the book of James together and we're looking at like what faith looks like where the rubber meets the road. But I become much more aware of the fact that I believe with all of my heart in Jesus. And I believe that in Jesus, I am at peace with God and I do not struggle with that at all. I know that like, because of Jesus, I am God's son. But the appropriation of that inner peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding, I find myself struggling at different times to live in that. And I realize that faith is the hands that receive the free gift of God. And if there's one thing that I've realized over the last number of years is that the people of God, and I realize not everyone here is a Christian. And if you're not a Christian, we love that you're here at Crossroads. And this is a great place to learn about Jesus and explore what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And, you know, we undoubtedly want you to become a follower of Jesus because he's Jesus. There's a reason why our, our whole world is kind of encapsulated in the reality of Jesus. But the reality is, is you can believe in Jesus and have peace with God, but not have any peace that surpasses all, all understanding on the inside. And as I hang out with people who believe in Jesus, life is full of a steady stream of fears and doubts and concerns and angst. 
frustrations. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. The life of faith is a life that walks in the very gifts that Jesus came to bring us. And Jesus, the Prince of Peace, came to bring us the gift of peace. And if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, you already have that peace. But the question is, is have we, by faith, appropriated that peace and made it actionable in real time? In fears about the future, the past, our jobs, our families, the world in which we live. And it's been funny because literally I've thought like anybody else could probably preach this message better than me today. But then Jesus, as he's so good at doing, said, Daniel, you know this. As my child, I do not expect perfection from you. Because if I did, I'd never have to die in your place. I just expect that you were to trust that I'm with you and keep moving forward. And so now I'm super excited to share this message with you all. Because I really believe that, let's just be honest, how many of you are like, I believe in Jesus, but I'm struggling to keep peace in my heart and all that's going on? Yes. And others of you are just too proud to raise your hand. (laughs) So what does it look like to be people who know peace in a world that knows nothing of peace. So let's open up our Bibles to John chapter 14, verses 25 to 27. John's gospel, if you brought a Bible with you, there, open up to John's gospel, the fourth of the gospels in the New Testament. Or uh, if you have your favorite mobile device, if you're joining us online, obviously open up a different browser window so you can read along. I, I just grabbed a few beautiful verses about this idea of peace. And as I said, I don't share this message as someone who is an expert on having peace, but as somebody who is on the journey with Jesus learning about it. You know, and newsflash, there's no such thing as an expert except for Jesus himself. There's no such thing as somebody who's got it all together except for Jesus of Nazareth. What I've learned as I've gotten older is that when you're younger, you believe you have it all together. And then as you get older, you realize you never had it together in the first place. You were just self-deceived, you know? And it's funny, as I get older, I realize how much I was presumptuous on what I did and did not do and do not understand. But the beauty of the journey of faith is, is that even though I don't have it all together, I get to follow the one who does. And the whole gospel message is the fact that because he has it all together, I can walk in a tremendous peace today. So John chapter 14, that's what it says in verse 25. It says, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance All things that I said to you, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, 
not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So, it's so simple, isn't it? I mean, what I just read to you is not like, gosh, what's he talking about? But it's profound in its simplicity. It begins simply that Jesus wants us to understand peace. Look at what he says, verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. Now, think about any conversation that you've ever had. You say things because you want somebody to understand what is happening, right? That's what a conversation is. It is the sharing of lives and of information. Every conversation you have, you're saying something because you want somebody to understand something. And Jesus, what's beautiful is in this beautiful section in John Verses 14 to 17, Jesus has just had what we call the Last Supper, right? It's, it's the night that he's going to be betrayed by Judas and he's going to be imprisoned. And only in John's gospel do you get this extended teaching that Jesus gives. Remember, he washes his disciples' feet and they break the bread. And then John gives us these three beautiful chapters of teaching. And Jesus... This teaching is being driven by questions. Like if you look at John 14, you know, Thomas asks a question where he says, Lord, we do not know where you're going and how can we know the way? And he's like, hey, but I'm the way, the truth, and life. He begins to teach them. And then Philip says, Lord, show us the Father that it might be sufficient for us. He's like, hey, he who has seen me has seen the Father. And there's this beautiful teaching. You know, and and then you continue on, and then it says in verse twenty-two of John fourteen, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, "Lord, how is it you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world?" And then Jesus starts explaining that, and then he says, "And these things I have spoken to you while being present with you." See, Jesus wants us to understand the gifts He brings. He wants us to understand peace, and he's spoken to us about it. Like in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now, do you hear what Jesus just said? These things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Now, remember what I shared about why I'm struggling with peace? Jesus spoke about that. He said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. There's going to be trials. There's going to be things that don't make any sense. There's going to be struggles. The idea of a life devoid of trials is a fantasy. It's not real. But there's that part of us that's like, I want it all to make sense. But Jesus says, no, no. But you're not going to have peace in this world. You're going to have peace in me in this world. So when we look at our lives and we look at the circumstances of our lives, we should never expect to see peace. We should expect to see issues. We should expect there's going to be problems. Because Jesus said, in this world, notice he says, you will have tribulation. Don't you wish you would have said you might have tribulation? 
I mean, I just, every time I read it, I'm like, why did he say there's a potential that you're going to have issues? He says, no, you will have it. But you could be of good cheer because there is victory in all the issues. So in a world full of trials, what do we do? Well, listen to what Jesus inspired the prophet Isaiah to say. This is Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Now, what's really powerful is, you may not know this, in the Hebrew language, when they want to emphasize a word, it gets repeated. So like, let me give you an example. Like when you read in the Bible that God is holy, 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 what they call the thrice hagion, powerful because hagios in the Greek is Holy, thrice is three for Shakespeare. Thrice Haggai. It means God is exceedingly abundantly holy. When it says you will keep him in perfect peace in the Hebrew, it's literally shalom, shalom. Like double peace. That's why people always laugh when they say, Pastor, when you pray, why do you always say amen and amen? Because I'm saying true that, true that. Like, like, I'm just like, I'm like, ex, I'm exclamating that thing. Like, I want to be like, listen, we are trusting Jesus. It's the same reason why your mom tells you to, to clean your room three times. Some emphasis. But this idea of peace in a world full of tribulation, Jesus is like, I've, these are the things I've spoken to you while I was with you. And he's saying, and the key for us, for you, is to Keep your mind on me in the midst of all of this. And when you do, I will give you a unique peace. And brothers and sisters, this is why, and I love what Pastor Bill said about the scriptures, but he said that as it relates to the scriptures, we want to be unconsciously competent in the scriptures. For a lot of people, I had someone say, I don't understand what he was saying. The idea is that like when, you, when you're really good at something, when someone is really really, really good at something, they just do it. Like I was just talking to, um, to my bride, Lynn, about it because every night she goes to sleep and I'll grab my bass and I'll play my bass while I'm doing other things like reading a book. She said, I don't get why you do that. I'm like, well, I want the bass to be an extension of my body. I don't want to think about it. When you watch somebody who is amazing at playing an instrument, it's like it looks effortless. When you watch someone, a phenomenal ballerina, it's effortless. Right? And what Pastor Bill was saying is that as believers, the word of God should be an effortless part of our lives. But I'm here to tell you that does not happen in a short amount of time. That walking from incompetence to competence to unconscious competence takes a lot of time. And the things of God, Jesus has spoken to us. We have his word. And his words should be so deep in our hearts and in our lives that whenever something happens, scripture should pop up in our hearts. That's why, like, what I want to encourage you is, like, because everyone at this point says, well, Fusco, like, I really want that. Well, listen, it's going to take time and effort and energy and intention. So, like, as we're going to come into a new year, it'll be time for us to start reading through the Bible again. Every, you know, week we memorize scripture together. Are you doing those things? You pick it up on our free mobile app. Just go to the church Facebook page every week. The memory verse for this week is this. 
right? Hey, we're reading these chapters. We do that because Jesus spoke these things to us because he wants us to understand peace. And if we live in a world where there's no peace to be found, then unless we become people who grapple deeply with the word of God, there's no peace to be found. And I say that, listen, I've already confessed that I struggle to have peace at times, and I know the word, and I teach the word. And I've been reading the Bible every single day for 25 years and studying it and teaching it for 22 years. I know the verses, but yet I still find that if I'm not careful, even when you know the stuff, are we trusting Jesus, keeping our minds and hearts set on Jesus as we walk into the next thing? And I think that that's the big challenge, isn't it? In the last crisis, you trusted strong. But that doesn't mean you're going to trust the next crisis. Just because you had a great victory. I mean, like I was thinking about the life of the prophet Elijah. Maybe one of the greatest biblical victories was the prophets on Mount Carmel where literally fire comes down from heaven. I mean, talk about the ultimate charismatic moment. Like everybody who believes in the work of the spirit, everybody wants that experience. Like where I just like, man, it was like, it was a, a showdown between me and the people who didn't believe in God. And like God literally just rained fire down. It's like the ultimate moment. And the next moment he finds out that Queen Jezebel wants to kill him and he runs freaked out. Classic vulnerability hangover. Great moment. It's like God just rained fire from heaven and he's running away from a queen who God just rained fire from heaven. Because God wants you and I to learn the art of being present and choosing to trust him in the present. I I read it recently that it said that hope is singing when everyone tells you there's no reason to have a song. And faith is trusting when the world says, you shouldn't trust God in that. You can't trust God in that. That's not going to work out. But Jesus wants us, and his word has been given to us so that we understand it. And I, I know this is the case because not only does Jesus want us to understand peace, but look at verse 26 of John 14, where Jesus says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and he will bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Now, of course, the Holy Spirit's job is to teach us and to remind us of the things that Jesus said. Can you relate to Elijah's story? You were able to trust big in the last crisis you went through, but bam, you freaked out at the next one that came. If this sounds familiar, know that you're not alone. Today, Pastor Daniel encouraged you to cling to Jesus when things don't make sense. He gave you his word because he wants you to understand it and absorb it into your heart so that it can make a difference in your everyday moments. Hey everybody, it's Pastor Daniel Fusco here, lead pastor at Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver, Washington. Listen, we hope that this time of year brings you great hope and great joy. We also realize that with Christmas Day and New Year's Day being on a Sunday, 
Many of you are going to be home and we have special online messages for you here at Crossroads at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So join us online, live.crossroadschurch.net from the comfort and safety of your own home. Gather your family around, grab a cup of coffee, and we can't wait to learn more that Jesus is real. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will continue to explore how to live in the peace that God wants you to have, the peace of God. You can't conjure this up on your own. God's peace is beyond anything you can imagine. It transcends the brokenness and struggle of this world and helps you move forward with confident assurance that He is near and that no matter what it looks like, He's got everything under control. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called The Promised King. Until then, may God bless. Real.